we have not anticipated fans taking the entire can and upending it. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. My plan is to cry a lot and then no, I'm actually going to do well. Who am I kidding? I'm great. Thankfully, the Red Bulls decided to score some points. I personally am not trying to be a homer or anything, but uh, Joe Rallis. Portland shouldn't be on the playoffs this year because they can't get their act together. 11 mils sitting on your bench, just sitting there when you could invest it into any other position. Hello and welcome to episode 28 of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our review of round 23 and preview of round 24. This episode is brought to you by Sour Grapes because this sponsor just works so well on so many levels. Oh, uh, actually, no, we're sponsored by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the fantastic Reddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. My name is Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com, and tonight I'm joined by some more familiar faces. Uh, Simon Thwaites, we have Mike Denton, and Mr. Guy Sanchez. What's up, guys? How are you doing? Good, good. Hello. Doing good. Uh, Let me just say two things right now. Uh, For those of you who were expecting us yesterday, we had some scheduling conflicts, so I apologize for that, but we are getting it done now, as obviously you're know by listening to us and uh, apologies uh, thrown out there to supporting kansas city because love guy sanchez <laughs> yeah what can i say i got my i got my fans and my uh, detractors I- i've made it wait somebody... and as long as you are listening to the show for either reason then we don't care somebody dislikes yeah. guy oh that's mean oh sad face sad guy, face. i love you it's all good well, it's been a while since we've heard from from everybody, so let's just jump into it with uh, your thoughts on uh, round 23. How'd your teams do? I thought round 23 was awesome. You know why? It's the first round that I went up places again in forever. I was like <laughs> dropping, <laughs> dropping like a fly there, and this one put me back in the top 10. I forgot how many points I got, but I captained Lodero, so yeah. I got 94 points. There we go. Up in the top ten again, back to number nine. I feel like less of a loser now. Mike, how about you? Uh, I did. I got seventy-one. Didn't captain Ladero. I moved up four spots. Yeah, uh, so I'm right outside the top hundred. Um, got a lot of injuries, so I'm not looking forward to the next few weeks because my very careful plans have been blown up. Alas, how about you, guy? Um, I took a minus four, and I still ended up with ninety-two because I brought in Dempsey and Ladero and uh, Captain Ladero. So I uh, kind of broke my soul for the weekend, but um, my fantasy team, hopefully. So that's that's what really matters. Uh, I got 74 points. I also Captain Ladero. After all the hype that we were giving him, I didn't see how we couldn't. Uh, unfortunately, that was about the the top for my team. I did have Piotti, I did have Stairs, and I did have Javinko still. So that's where most of my points came from. Morales came in there very nicely at five, but Zimmerman didn't do great. Hoberry didn't do great. Valeri didn't do great. Uh, we know what happened with Keane and Rowe. We'll get to that later with Mike. And then I just kind of went with a punt on uh, McNamara just to see if something will happen. And unfortunately, out of all six of those goals that were scored during the crew versus New York city FC game. He was not involved in any of them. So Mike, what happened? 
Well, you picked them. That's what happened. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's that's the way it always works, isn't it? Well, I have to agree with you, Simon. I, I love this round, even with that 74-point score. I had all green arrows. Very nice to see. And for those of you who went with the Ladero pick and dare to go against the, what, 70% of people who owned uh, Geo at that time, uh, it really paid off. And we were talking about that. So I hope you do listen to some of the things that we say from time to time. Uh, so for us, maybe this wasn't a big surprise, but do you guys consider the Ladero success the biggest surprise from this round fantasy-wise, or do you have something that tops it? Hmm. Well, no, I mean, <clears throat> my other pickup was Pontius. So ah. that was one of those picks that I made just because they don't have a, you know, Philly doesn't have a bye week at all coming up in that stretch. And as soon as I made it, I was like, that was a wasted minus four because <laughs> every time you pick up a Philadelphia midfielder, they, they end up crapping out on you. And uh, Pontius came through for me. So did. I was I was pleasantly surprised that Philadelphia looked better this week. So I knew Ladera was going to be good. I didn't think Pontius would do much. So that was a bigger surprise. Well, New England's been struggling as well, so especially defensively. Mm. Well, I'm surprised Philly kept a clean sheet after all the problems <laughs> they've had in defense. I mean, I looked at the score. Okay, you know, Philly scoring four after New England had the midweek uh, Open Cup match. I was kind of expecting Philadelphia to run rampant on them, but I wasn't expecting Philly to hold to hold a clean sheet. So now all of a sudden, start looking at Philadelphia defenders again for the 25 and 27 weeks, which is nice because they're all cheap. <laughs> yeah. But you, Simon, anything big surprising? No, I don't think there was that much that was super surprising this week in fantasy. Um, Simon is not surprised by any of them. I don't know. I like <laughs> to be fair. I've been out of the country for a couple of weeks, and I haven't really watched an MLS game since the end of July. And so this weekend was kind of me like watching a lot of MLS, getting back to it. So I didn't really have any expectations um, to, I guess, be surprised by. So. I just kind of approached it with a, okay, I need to learn and get myself back into this. Um, I thought Lodero was going to be good because I captained him, and he was good. So, no. Very fair. Uh, and, of course, I think this will be a nice segue, but before we do that, anything that you all think is good advice that people should just learn or a learning moment from this round, and, of course, your Because MLS moment. Well, my because MLS moment was that penalty that Clint Dempsey won. I brought Clint Dempsey into my fantasy team because I was, there I was creating some chances for him. I think it's going to be lit. And Clint Dempsey, you know, he has the assist. He scores pretty well anyway, uh, despite the missed penalty. But I was like, of course, he misses the penalty because MLS, he beats he beats like uh, Ramondo and puts it off the underside of the crossbar. That's, that's a very because MLS thing to happen. I feel like it was also kind of like a questionable penalty. So hmm. I thought that was because MLS. That's a good one. I think um, my because MLS moment of the week is uh, even with some of the good play we've seen from some of these new stars, um, Althor gets a goal and the proper media, I call them the proper media, uh, loses their mind and just can't wait to put up as many images and articles and blurbs about Altidore being being back and he got a goal. It's like, all right, dude. <laughs> Dude's mediocre at best compared to Juvenko, but we'll give him his little time in the sun. 
<laughs> I'll have to say I'll leave Mike with the final word so we can segue into our next section. But I'm going to go with uh, Bradley Wright Phillips. I, I think that's for many people is the because MLS moment. Just because he was flagged as injured, people were dropping them or just not even considering him. And then he goes and gets a brace. So, of course, BWP. But Mike, what's your because MLS moment? My because MLS moment was getting a tweet from somebody at MLS Injury News at, was I think it was 5.30 Central Standard Time, saying that Keen was questionable for a, quote, orbital fracture. Um, you know, already posted on Fantasy Boss, the injury roundup, done everything, and late night Friday, <laughs> the injury news breaks. So that was my because MLS moment. Which takes us right into uh, just our, our housekeeping. So let's just throw, throw it off with the injury report, Mike. Okay, well, um, the Galaxy finally admitted today that it's not an orbital fracture, it's a concussion um, sustained in the collision with Robles in uh, the New York Red Bulls versus Galaxy match. The club is saying today that he has, quote, a very good chance of returning this weekend. Um, you know Bruce Arena's injury history, so you can decide to trust that or not uh, at your own discretion. Um, keeping on L.A., Rowe left after a brutal injury to his head. Uh, I haven't seen a specific timetable, but I'm betting that's a concussion as well. Moving to Toronto, which seems to have like growing uh, entries on this list every week. Uh, Betashore is going to return this week, but Justin Morrow left early with a hip contusion. He is day-to-day. Uh, Mark Bloom suffered an ankle sprain and a nasty tackle. He left early. He is already out for Saturday. I haven't heard a, a longer timetable for him. Will Johnson is likely to return against Philadelphia. Clint Irwin is probably still out until Toronto returns home, which is game week 26. Mansali for Houston, ha- he had a red card. He will be suspended. He might also get discoed for the tackle that took out Bloom. Um, Molino, he returned. Um, he had a hamstring tweak the week before. He seems like he's okay. Higuita um, left the match early. He is out four to six weeks with a hamstring uh, issue. Um, MPG also for Orlando. He's day-to-day. He, he came off early. Let's see. Tony Chani for Columbus. Uh, he, he's going to be suspended for yellow card accumulation. MLS discipline, even though it's Tuesday, still hasn't updated, so I'll let you know who else got suspended for yellow card accumulation later on in the week. Uh, Francis for Columbus left with a right shoulder injury. Shamu for uh, – or Shamat, I don't, I just don't know how to pronounce his name, for New York City. Uh, he was suspended for a post-match red card. Uh, as well as Patrick Vieira, supposedly for cursing the ref, but they're going to appeal that. Uh, Harry Ship is out a few weeks with a groin injury, I think about a month. Uh, Ayongo is suspended for a red card. Uh, Mond missed RSL's match with, with Seattle with a foot injury. Uh, Bradley Wright Phillips, we mentioned him. Uh, he, he did play this week after having to leave early the week before. And Ike Opara left early after an elbow to the head. I haven't seen a timetable, but he was not in Sporting Kansas City's uh, 18 for their CONCACAF Champions League match tonight. And speaking of that, Sporting Kansas City is in Trinidad and Tobago tonight. As in <laughs> Breaking New York, news. 
are in El Salvador doing CCL nonsense. I haven't seen Red Bull's lineup, but um, go check those lineups and see. I don't don't expect them to field A players, but just go and double check if you're looking at those players. CCL nonsense. Is that what you called that? Yeah, probably. I don't know if I did, but it's okay. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, maybe we'll talk about that another time. Uh, so the teams playing in round 24 are everybody. There's no buys. There's no double game weeks. It's just a straight up week. Uh, but that's the last one we're going to have because round 25, we got some buys. Round 27, we got some buys and double games. It's all coming back, everyone. So be thinking about those transfers with these buys and double games coming up. Um, and of course, that brings us to a question that we popped up. That I'm going to throw in right now. Speaking of all of this crazy that's coming up, some people want to know when the best time is to start using or considering using their second free wild card, their anytime wild card, as I like to say, for this second half of the season. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Um, well, that's okay. <clears throat> that is me. Okay. Um, I think the the smart play, the easy play is to use it in, what is it, uh, 25? No, the one after the, the last bye week, so 20, 28. Yeah, game week 28 is one after the buys, and it has four double game weeks. Um, that is if you really need it after poor planning or some injuries in the bye weeks. I think if you can make it to game week 31 where there's eight double game weeks, um, you could really put some serious points on the board um, in that one. But depending on how your team looks, I would target 28 um, if it's looking pretty shabby after the bye weeks. And if you can make it, I would go game week 31. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a pretty good answer overall, right? Because that's how you can get the most points is by using your wild card for one of those big double game weeks. Lean towards using it for round 28 because... I don't know. It just seems like a pretty good reset time to me in terms of you can use it to grab a full double game week team for uh, that round, which you probably won't be able to have if you if you uh, don't use your wild card, although you, you know there's going to be rotation or whatever. But you could set yourself up for that. Um, you have kind of a long time in between whatever the the double game weeks and two of those teams are the same, which is Orlando and Montreal, I believe. Yeah. Orlando and Montreal. Um, and so you could probably set up your team pretty well to have a full slate of double game weekers in, um, 31 without, without a wild card, I think. So I'd, I'd lean more towards 28 to be entirely honest with you. Um, gives you kind of a good chance to reset. That's when I'll be using mine as long as we don't get 5 million people injured this weekend on my team or whatever. Something like that forces you to use it. But I'd, I'd, I'd definitely say go with 28, especially because, you know, you look at the teams on a double game week. In, in round 28, you've got they are Montreal, L.A., Orlando, and Salt Lake. And you know what? Every single one of those teams, except for L.A., has a bye the week before. So if you want a team full of double game week players, you're going to have to use your wild card. That's the cat's corner. <laughs> Simon, I, th I think I'm with you. Um, you. You mentioned the three double game week teams. Also, Toronto and Seattle on buys in 27. So if you want your Ladeiros or your Giovinkos, um, you're going to have to use a wild card then. 
in order just to reset and get him back in the squad. I think in 28 allows you to set up well enough for 31 with the extra transfer that you can carry into 29. And the big thing that's holding me back from using it on 31 is you don't get much of a payoff after the, the wild card. Because I think one of the best things about the wild card is it sets you up that you can ch- plan a little differently both before the week you use a wild card and afterwards. But on 32, if, I don't know if any of you have looked at that game week. It's bad. It's it's Chicago, Colorado on a double game week, Houston on a double game week, the crew, and then um, – San Jose and Seattle. So outside of Seattle, there's not a whole lot of great offensive options for that game week. So having that extra buy after 31 isn't going to help a whole lot. So I think using it in 28, shedding all of the players that just we have just because they don't have a buy in 25 and 27, taking advantage of that double game week and then setting using the transfer to set yourself up for 31 with some planning. I think is going to net you the most points overall. But how are you going to deal with 32 if you've set yourself up for 31 like that? How are you going to deal with all those guys? Are you just going to be going heavy on Chicago and Columbus and San Jose and Seattle in 31, knowing that they're going to be there for the next round? Yeah, I think you can. I mean, if you if you walk out in 28 and and either that week or later weeks, pick up some Colorado defenders as a base and then go heavy with Seattle, I think you can probably go fine enough to to convert it. I mean, the thing is, I don't know how else you're going to really, even if either whether it's two or one transfer, you're not going to get that much value out of 32. Um, I mean, there's not a whole lot of Houston players that you'd want to drop a a negative four for. There's not a whole lot of Colorado offensive players you want to drop a negative four for, at least right now. So, I think you, you know, if you have just like a, a Chicago player, um, a bunch of Sounders players, now that the Sounders are back, you know, Dempsey Morris, Ladero, uh, I think you can take advantage. But I mean, honestly, the thing is, I would rather take advantage of 28 than 32. So if I have to sacrifice one of those two weeks, it's going to be 32. Yes. So here's my only concern about round 28 is that there's also World Cup qualifiers going on in round 28. And then in round 30, you have Open Cup final. That's going on. So I'm going to be questioning if all the players are even going to be around in round 28 and not have us get hit by the huge rotation hammer that comes through with MLS, or if they're even going to be back and fit for travel or for play by then. Well, I mean, you could just pick players who aren't on national teams. (laughs) I don't know. You you say those things, and how well has that helped in the previous weeks? Well, okay, so like... Let's say you use your wild card in 28. Who do you really want that's on a national team? I mean, Kaká's not going to get called up. Uh, like, who are the Galaxy guys? Like, I don't think Keane's getting called up anymore. Uh, Gerard, Montreal, we've got Drogba and Piatti. Salt Lake guys, none of them are really on national teams. Low-key, they're pretty bad, uh, except for maybe Plata. But I don't know. I don't think that's a concern. Sorry to be dismissive, but... Pick guys that aren't on I mean, national only, teams, and you don't have the problem. I mean, the only ones I can think of are Laren for Orlando. He would probably get called up by Canada. And then uh, I think Ladero is uh, with Uruguay. Uh, I guess he could be called up. He and, already did get uh, called Simon up. Simon for Belgium. I don't know if they have um, qualifiers. I guess he could get called up. But, I mean, 
that's another reason to use the wild card then because you'll have the ability to adjust to the national team schedules and you can go around that if in case there are some random call-ups that you're not expecting. Yeah. yeah. Mike is smart. I like Mike. <laughs> no, I think it's important to mention right now that we're stopping at round 32 and we're talking because round 33 is a free wild card for everyone. So uh, at least you can recover from there. I, I think the biggest issue is round 28 to round 32 right here. This is a pretty crappy little chunk, especially round 32. I just think it's ridiculous that we have so few teams playing in their own round with so many buys and we don't have a wild card back to back in 32 and 33 to deal with it. Well, here was my thinking when I said that, and we can move on from this soon. I just, by the time you hit round 32, um, you've only got two weeks left in the year anyway. So it's, it's all rank depending. You know, if you, if you really need to make that move in 28 to get your, your team back on track to be competitive. Cool. If you, you know, got lucky and you held LA straight through, you got some good Chicago straight through and they're working for you and you can hold out for that one last huge push up the rank. Then maybe you do something spectacular, you know, the season ends or something. So it all depends on where you're at. Fair enough. Some good conversation. Hope people have some ideas from that. Before we move on, I do want to say thank you, everyone, who's been donating to us through Patreon and interacting with us. If not, I'm sure you guys have heard about it by now. Maybe you're getting tired about it, but that's what we're plugging this year. It's Patreon. It's our website where you can help donate some money to support the MLS Fantasy Insider podcast and the various little initiatives that we do. We do have some overhead, like the SoundCloud hosting fees and the uh, money that we're going to be spending for some prizes this year. We do have enough to be able to cover that. So thank you, everyone who donated for some of those Patreon prizes that were, or the MLS Fancy Insider prizes through the Patreon funds. Uh, that's not a bad idea. Maybe we will have a, a special league for just our Patreon followers in, in the coming season so that they can help take advantage directly from some of their money. So lots of ideas. We'd love to hear them. If you have thoughts about how we can improve our show, we would love to hear that. We had a, a section uh, or uh, a comment given to us on Reddit today talking about adding a, a section where maybe we do some stuff with drafting to do some mock teams and do a draft. I think that's something we will see on the show in the future, not, of course, for this season. But if those are things you want to hear us do and want to and would be happy to support a dollar, three dollars a month, whatever is easy for you, please go to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N slash M-L-S-F-I. Thanks a lot. Okay, questions, picks. That's what we're here for, right? That's what you guys have all come. And we are ready for it right now with our round 24 preview. So you know who's playing, everybody. You know who's injured, anybody important. And now we're going to decide who to go with. So keepers and defenders. Uh, we're just going to throw in a random question here just because that's the time when we do this. And this first question is, is now the time to abandon the 3-4-3 and head to the 3-5-2 to capitalize on midfielders in form right now? Hmm. Mike. Oh, um, I think you're okay in doing that. A lot of the good um, forwards that, that I would really like, uh, like Via or BWP, they're, they're out in 25. So with, with Keane kind of being iffy, and I, I know they're saying that he's going to come back uh, this week against New York City, but that doesn't mean that he's going to then play in 25 on the road against Chicago. And if, you know, with concussion, it wouldn't surprise me if he gets uh, benched for, or rotated for that match. So I, I think you're fine just 
cashing out uh, Akeen and using that to invest in another midfielder like a Ladero. Uh, I think there's a lot of really good midfielders who are at least play through 25 um, and, and can get you through. Um, there are also some good Philly midfielders. I don't know how much we want to go into that, but yeah, I think that's probably a smart move if you're looking just to try to make it through um, 25 and 27 without using too many hits. I'm not sure I agree with this. Um, I am in a 3-5-2 right now, but I have been already. I think the extra transfer it takes to kind of um, make that shift might not be worth it for you. Just looking at the the schedule, I'll make the opposite case, which is that this week I think it would be really good for you to have Via uh, with that home game for New York City. And if that's maybe, like I'm saying, I wouldn't pick him up, but if you already have him, like a lot of people probably do, because he doesn't play in 25, but I'd, I'd probably keep him instead of shifting him out this week. And if you still have Keen and Keen is going to play, well, why not? You know, again, in New York, there's a lot of goals get scored there. And then Montreal, um, there, they've, you know, you could have Drogba or something like that. And he's got, you know, two home games in a row. If you're a Sounders person, you could have Dempsey, who got a home game against the Timbers. That seems like a good bet. And then at Houston next week. I think that if you are in a 3-4-3, there's some really good options for you. I don't know. i just throw that out there. Um, whereas maybe a couple of the guys that you'd want to pick up in the midfield, like Klesjen, have a bye next week, although you probably already have Klesjen. So I don't know. I think it's up for debate, but I guess I'm already in a 3-5-2, so that's the one that I think is better. But if you were in a 3-4-3, I don't think that now is necessarily the time. Maybe you'd wait until next week to do that. Something like that. This week seems actually kind of good for a 3-4-3 to me. Yeah, I would just say um, just wait until you wildcard to make that decision. Like right now with uh, with the two major bye weeks coming up, it's all about survival and just making sure you have 11 players, not necessarily which formation you can actually build. So once you wildcard – um, I think there's nothing wrong with the three five two, so that's probably a good way to go for that stretch after the bye weeks. So one follow up question, since we mentioned a few of these players that are injured, is is this a round where you would consider taking a minus four to replace one of these injured guys, even though it's not a double game week, or would you eat a zero? Mm. Boy, um, I think if. Without a double game week to save you, that's a that's a tough tough call. If if you really have to take a zero, I've I've taken a zero and I've taken minus fours and I've gotten burned on the minus fours more often than they've paid off without a double game week to back them up. Anybody disagree? No, I mean I I, I think I'll I'm, I'm thinking about doing just that with Sasha Collection. Um, because I, I don't know if I want to have a negative hit and then try to bring him back in for 26 and 27 when they play at home in New England and at Vancouver, which seems to be um, two bad defensive teams right now. So maybe I'll take the risk with the zero, or you know, but it's definitely something that I'm thinking about just to try to avoid taking more hits. Yep, they do. They do add up after a while. Okay, but enough of that. So who are your defender and keeper picks, guys? 
Okay. Um, Mike, Mike, what do you got? Uh, I got, I'm thinking Blake to replace Rowe. Uh, Rowe's at 5.1. Blake is still at 5.0. Blake also plays through 25 and 27. Uh, and I want someone I can just put there uh, and leave for a while since I, I don't think uh, Bono is probably not going to play in 26 since that's when Irwin's supposed to come back. So um, if you're looking to replace Rowe, I think Blake is probably the man to do it. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I think – go ahead, Simon. Oh. I'm still deciding. I yeah see my pick for I like that pick for the the next few weeks like Blake but I've been really torn on who my pick should be for this specific week because I actually don't think Blake is a great choice for this week um, although that's probably who I'm gonna go with because on my team I had Rowe and Blake and I'm not making a goalkeeper transfer uh, so yeah I guess I have to say Blake um, he's but if got you could have anybody game. yeah if, if I could have anybody that's the hard thing right. Um, if I could have anybody, I'd go with Tim Howard because Colorado is a great defense and Orlando City sucks. Uh, yeah, so that's who I'd go with. Tim Howard is my pick for this week. If we talk overall about like a guy to replace Roe or whoever guy for the next few weeks, I think Blake is a really good option. Phillies, uh, to me, I think they've fixed a lot of the issues that they had. and I like Blake. He's a good keeper, but I think this week Toronto's going to put a smacking on him. Maybe. Maybe. If I could have one for this week, I'd go with uh, Bingham for San Jose because they get Houston at home, and I don't trust Houston to score a goal on the road to save their souls. So I would go <laughs> Bingham this week. <laughs> yeah, I have to. See, I'm in that, that bad position where I've had Malia on my team for a long time, even though he's hurt. Um, and now Rose hurt. So I need a keeper that's going to be – kind of one of those long-term options with no bye weeks. So it's either I pick up uh, Kennedy on the road against New York FC, or I go Blake at home against Jovinko. But I have to make a change because I don't have a keeper otherwise. So I think I'm just going to stay with the pack and save some money and get um, and get Blake so I don't burn two LA spots with both keepers. And then my defenders, obviously, I'm going to go – yeah, I'm going to go Steris, obviously, mainstay, and uh, I'm keeping Zimmerman. But I'm going to pick up uh, a Philly keeper to kind of double that up uh, on the long run down the stretch there. I haven't decided which one yet, but I'll I'll base it on price. Oh, let's see. So for defenders, are we doing defender picks now? Yeah. I'll go with Hairston, Schoberg, or I still can't pronounce his name after all of this Axel. time, Axel and Rosenberry from Philadelphia. Uh, yeah, I just said why I don't think Philly is a great pick this week, but screw it, Rosenberry, because uh, you got to make a bet sometime. And I think they're really good. He's Rosenberry, cheap. yeah, he's cheap, and I really like him for the next few weeks. So that's more of a like far-out pick. Um, but I, I just think he's a good idea for the foreseeable future. Given his his matchups, um, yeah, going going with those three, but whew, Colorado guys. Yeah, I'm 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 in the same boat. I, I like Rosenberry. He got three defensive bonus points, and more importantly, Philadelphia looked like they had solved their defensive issues with Bedoya in there. 
Um, and like, like Simon said, this week's not so great, but after that, um, going up at least until 28, they have a lot of pretty good matches. Uh, after that, um, Hoberry and uh, Steris, you know, the same guys we've been talking about for me. Still pretty bargain right there. Very nice. Very nice indeed. Okay, moving on to midfielders. The big question I know is on the minds of a lot of people, and maybe we can begin some of the back and forth between Guy and Simon here. Maybe that comes when we get to the forward section. But uh, has Valeri's bubble burst? And if so, is Ladero the best option to replace him, or are there others? Um, Let's see. Yes, so it's my turn. Yes, Valeri, um, any Portland right now is a bad buy. They're just not a good team right now. And this is this is funny because my intro on the damn podcast is me talking last year about how busted Portland are. And I think every year they have to go through this thing where they just play bad football. And, I mean, right now, if you looked at them again this year, I mean, last year they were out of the playoff spots for so long. And then this year it's the same thing. They don't deserve to be in the playoffs this year the way they're playing right now. It's, it's just ridiculous. How do you go to D.C. and not get at least a goal? I mean, D.C., if you play them for 90 minutes, will oftentimes kick a ball in their own goal just to help you out. That's how bad they are. I'm just thinking there's there's so much in what you just said that has the potential to make it into our next new intro. Oh, that's going into next year's intro already. Sorry, guy. Okay, yeah, but <laughs> hold on. That's Somebody keeps calling the phone. Like, oh, turn it off. <laughs> This is the second week in a row this has happened. <laughs> it's the house phone. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, my instinct is to say edit this out, but it's part also hilarious. Okay. Anyway, back to what I was saying. Yeah, so... That's, that's um, the Portland front office calling guy right now. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, Valeri's not a good choice. So, don't do that to yourself. Um, nobody... Because he can't do it by himself. I mean, the defense is what it is. You sell your keeper. You got the backup keeper. Um, the defense can't stay healthy. The age kind of caught up with them. Um, Valeri's not hes not a magician that can do it by himself. And until Milano and Adi stop pouting and play ball, he's not a good buy. And Ladero is the answer. That dude, <clears throat> he came in and he immediately transformed that team into something fun to watch. Okay, so Mike, I know it says it's your turn, but I want to debate guys. Is that okay? Sure, I'm so, just going to sit back so, and crack open a beer if you don't mind. Of, be good. of course. Um, I actually think that you should keep Valeri. And so I can't believe Guy is taking the dump the Portland guy stance, and I'm taking the keep the Portland guy stance. But here's my reasoning on you keeping Valeri. So Sounders Timbers this week, right? Whew. Yeah, that's a matchup that I feel like has the potential to just be goals, 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 end to end. Neither of these teams are that hot defensively, if we're being real. Um, I'm not sure I trust either of them defensively. So what do you do? You take the offensive players from the other team. Um, I think that this game could be four to four, or realistically six to four. The Sounders are gonna crush Portland because Portland sucks and the Sounders are awesome, and we all know who's the bigger, better city. Um, but, no, I think Valeri probably scores a goal and has an assist. Um, I think you should also have Lodero. If you don't, you're dumb, um, because there's going to be goals in this game. And now that I say that, he's probably going to get a red card or something like that. But, Bust your mouth. 
yeah, I would have I would still have Valeri for this week, and then after that, sure, whatever. You could dump him if you want. Um, I would because he doesn't have a game in round 25. But otherwise, I don't know. He plays the Sounders at home again the next week. Like, Sounders-Timbers game, throw form out the window. It's a rivalry. I think he scores a goal or whatever. He seems to like playing against the Sounders. I don't like it when he plays against the Sounders, but it's fantasy. So, yeah. I don't know. I mean, but the last two away games Portland's played, they haven't scored a goal. And you can take that SKC game at home and look at it as that was a 3-0 win, but that was just a crazily bad officiated game. Um, two red cards. It wasn't, it wasn't neat. And I just look at Portland right now and I, you just see that there's, they're just not playing the way that they are capable of playing. So he, he's so expensive and he's so heavily owned that I'm willing to take a risk not to have him because I think it really affected Adi this summer when he wanted to leave, he wanted to go, the Liga MX and bigger and better stage, more money. And I, I don't understand why, why teams tend to certain players because you can look at Adi running around out there completely disinterested. He could care less about winning a game for Portland Timbers right now. And on the flip side, Seattle finally got rid of Shiggy Schmidt and more power to him. I think he was a lot. I mean, Dempsey's playing a lot better now that Shiggy's not around. Because Dempsey was playing the way Adi was playing, just pouting and not wanting to talk to front office, not wanting to talk to his coach, talking through representatives. Now he's got a, a stud in the midfield, he's got a new coach, kind of a new lease on life. I think it's 3-0 Seattle all day. Uh, so with Portland having a bye week next week and them not playing well on the road, get rid of Valeri. And if they turn it around, you pick him up in game week 28 or something. Isn't isn't the real concern with Valeri though not his desire to score goals or his his uh, motivation for such a big game, but the position that he's being played in? Isn't that where we've seen the drop off of Valeri's fantasy value? Was when he's been moved out of the middle. Well, and we've we've, I mean, Porter is one of those guys, and I like him as a coach, but <clears throat> I mean, you can look at him and you know that if you ever sat down and had a conversation about soccer he would immediately think that whatever he said was completely valid and whatever you said that disagreed with him would be just idiocy. So Portland has Porter in place and Porter's right. It's Porter ball. They coined it. And when he makes a move, he thinks he's completely right. And it's funny because when you look at all the clips of Milano from a long time ago and, you know, when he was playing down in Argentina and he had the four goal game playing a much more central role, we keep playing Milano way out on the wing he doesn't do anything for us. He's not the big $5 million signing we thought we had. Well, it's because he's not even playing the position we, we bought him for the, you know, like if you look at the highlights, that's not where he was scoring from. System. And when he moves the guy out of position, screw it. You're, you're done. Same thing with, you know, when Nagby's played wave defensively or way out wide or something, it's you're only as good as the position you're put into play. So until, you know, they get back to, having Valeri really be an attacking mid, I, I don't want a piece of it. I, I sold I sold him last week to bring in Ladero, and I didn't regret it last week, did I? No, you did not. It does not sound I like. Didn't. No, no. I, I captained the guy who got me tons of points, and I dropped a guy who was on a team that scored zero goals on the road. 
It's fantasy. Well, then. very nice, uh, Mike. Do you do you break this any anyway? Well, the thing is, if the only thing that's changed is, I think the position. So, what makes that a difficult call for me, since transfers are so scarce right now, is Caleb Porter could wait. That didn't work, so I'm putting him back central, and Valeri's back to being a seven to eight point dependable midfielder. So. I mean, I'm nervous about the fact that he hasn't scored. I think he's only scored one bonus point over the past two rounds. But I'm not looking into it a whole lot. But, I mean, I'm going to drop him for 25. And if this week goes badly, then maybe I'll wait to pick him up until he goes back central. But, you know, coaches change their minds. And maybe Caleb Porter learned from this week that I don't want to uh, do him on the wing. I've learned enough. Um, and so against my hated rivals, I'm going to put him right back in the center and watch him score a hat-trick against uh, Dempsey and company. I think I interrupted you, Simon. Did you have a response? No, I just want to make some picks. You just want to make some picks? Oh, well, okay then. Make okay. your picks. Um, my picks are Lodero, Valeri, and Gerard from L.A. I bet he wants to destroy those NYCFC DPs or whatever. Also, his scores have been good lately. So I'll go with those three. I think you need to own them. Hmm. My top three are going to be Gerard, Ladero, and Piatti. Uh, Montreal are getting huge numbers on the betting lines to just destroy Chicago at home. So <laughs> if you still have Piatti on your team, this might be one of those good weeks to captain him. I'm going to go with Ladero, Sasha, Clushin, Gerard, and Pontius for 7.7 out of Philly. Um, I like it. Toronto has a whole lot of injured defenders. They're at home. Uh, I, I like the matchups. Can I add I feel one like more you need pick? to say that the, go ahead. I'm going to add Barnetta from Philly. I'm going to dual mic on this one. We'll have a, a battle. Whoever scores more, Barnetta or Pontius wins. I'll take no, Barnetta. No, I picked up Pontius last week, so one of you guys should pick up Bedoya, and then we can have a true. Okay, let's not triangle. get crazy. No, wait a minute. I mean, I mean, maybe we can make Jay pick up Bedoya, but I mean, you know, <laughs> I said Pontius first. So. You're just gonna just throw Alberg out there to the wind. Alberg doesn't even yeah. start, man. Screw that guy. Hey, because I mean, MLS, that's who Jason has to get. Really got, the actually play <laughs> ninety minutes. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's where it goes. Uh, well, excellent. You you guys are are just throwing some good things out there. And yeah, that that Chicago match guy, um, they they're just not winning on the road at all. No. I don't know what it is. It's it's at least the last eight games, something like that. At least that they haven't won on the road. They haven't won on the road in two years. Chivas USA has won a road game more recently than the Chicago Fox. <laughs> I, I saw that someplace. That's <laughs> what? <laughs> that can't be true. It is. I, I looked it up because the Chivas won their last game against Vancouver. So it was later that night. And I think Chicago had won against RSL. So it's true. Uh, Chivas won later that same night in July of 2000. What is it? 14. So, yeah, Chivas USA, more recent road victory than the Chicago Fire. And that is in all competitions, U.S. Open Cup, whatever. 
They should just save the gas and stay home. <laughs> oh, you guys are awful. You guys are awful. Okay. No, we're talking about the fire, not Columbus. Everything. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, well, let's go to forwards. We're gonna we're gonna get people who are gonna get get furious. Which, if you are furious, then tweet these guys and let them know because that will amuse me greatly. Yeah, all the Chicago Fire fans out there, let me hear it. All three of you. <laughs> that's a real quick block circle right there. Boom, boom, boom. Knocked out the Chicago Fire fans. You mean the Bridgeview Fire fans? Oh, <laughs> uh, you guys are awful. Okay forwards uh question i'm going to throw in here right now with keen being injured is uh this a time where we're going to start considering uh drogba as a suitable replacement yeah i'd get that guy he's got some home games uh what were they who was just mike was just talking about or no guy was talking about how good of a matchup they have this week and then next week they play a home against dc united i love drogba i'm whew, i would pick him up this week Seems like a great idea. If you have a free free forward transfer, yeah. You got an injured Keen. Yeah, it's it's just tough though because they're gonna have that bye week in twenty seven. So you got to really balance mm-hmm. out how many guys with an upcoming bye week can you really bring in. I mean, if I already have Piotti, can I also bring in Drogba and still have two Seattle players? I mean, you got to kind of have that double Dutch thing where you you can bring them in, but you got to start having a plan to take these guys out before you screw yourself with six or seven bi-week guys. And it's it's really unfortunate because a lot of these guys for this upcoming stretch are guys you want, but they're going to have that bi-week brick wall in a few weeks here. Yeah, that that's part of why I don't think I would go for Drogba. But the other reason is 25 is a midweek match. Uh, we know Drogba likes to take rests all of a sudden just as, you know, he's too busy doing whatever. And... <laughs> <laughs> Midweek match, I don't trust him enough that he's definitely going to start in 25. And right now, I want people who are definitely going to be on the field in 25 as best as I can guess. And Drogba is one of those red flags to, to get rotated every time there's any doubt as to his status. So I don't want anything for him right now. Maybe in 28 after the bye, but um, not right now. Maybe he runs the hot iron through his hair on Wednesdays, and that's just why he's not available. Yeah, I don't know. It's a tough hairstyle to keep up for a dude like that. That's all I'm saying. It's got to, <laughs> you got to have a day knocked out to do that. So that could be his deal. Yeah, or a day to watch his Chelsea highlights. You know, him and Frank Lampard. <laughs> I could watch the Chelsea highlights. You know, on Wednesday. You know, uh, they're flying and meeting together in Chicago, and then all the fans are going over with them, and that's where they don't show up to the game. Well, I mean, if they want to be alone, then they can have all the Chicago. <laughs> alone at a bar at, at Chicago? Okay. That's what it is. You guys are awful. Let's just get to your forward picks then. All right. Forward picks. I can't even tell. who. I'm, I'm just going to – I mean, obviously, Javinko. I'm still going Dempsey. I have Keen now, but if I have to drop him, um, I would swap in Dos Santos for him and just ride the healthy L.A. player out through this stretch. Whether or not Dos Santos goes off this week – you're still going to want LA attack with no bye weeks. And then they go right into a double game week uh, in 28. So LA players are pretty crucial right now. Uh, I'm going to have Giovinco. Uh, I'm going to stick with uh, Ola Kamara, even though he didn't have a good week last week. And then um, I'm going to stick with the Jesuit Blue Jay, the ultimate homer pick, Patrick Mullins. 
my own New Orleans guy. Uh, he's really cheap. He got an assist this week. He was assist of the week. Uh, I like DC's schedule. So uh, he, he's a good one if you want to have some backup and go to a, like a 3-5-2. So Patrick Mullins. And I like for the forwards uh, Dempsey. And who's that other guy that we were just talking about whose name I forget? Uh, David Villa and Drogba. Yeah, Drogba. Drogba. So Drogba, Dempsey, and Villa. I don't hear a Giovinco in there. Are you are you really bucking the trend? No, I have. So the two that I have are Giovinco and Dempsey, and I'm not going to change that. But if I could pick any forwards I'd want, I would want Dempsey, Via, and Drogba. I think those are the three best forwards for this week. You would not have him. I would hmm. not have. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. If I just had infinite transfers or whatever, yeah, I wouldn't have Giovinco this week. No. I, I, I got to change mine. I'm sorry. So this is the thing. I think Kai Kamara has got to be the guy to get this week. Not Dos Santos on You're the road. crazy. No, no. Oh, so listen to this. So, four of the next five games for New England are at home. They have no bye weeks to navigate. And guess who they play this week? The oh. team he hates the most, Columbus Crew, going to put his junk right in their face and just be like, boom, this is what you sold. <clears throat> and then you only got to worry about one away trip to San Jose, and then he's back for three straight at home. No transfers, nothing. You're perfect. I think I think Kai Kamara might be a sneaky good pick for the next five weeks. Just set him and forget him. You don't got to captain him, but I think he might be with four home games. He might be a really decent pick. He's actually away in twenty six against that New York game. That's it's probably a typo from a, a graph I've since changed. Oh damn it! Either way, I think he's good. He's a good pick for the Columbus game. Yeah, I think he he could probably get two goals in the Columbus game just because. Well, I will duly noted, Dos Santos marked off, Kai Kamara added. So we're going with both KK and OK this week. Excellent. Excellent. Now moving on to captains, we have one question, uh, and this is coming from some people who are wanting to find alternate ways to move up the ranks, I guess, to have some close matches or maybe some close ones in their head-to-heads. But uh, from someone or anyone who's hovering around that top 100 mark, is now the time of the season to abandon just the generic picks and uh, take some chances with your captain i mean indeed i'll go away from my usual anti-differential stance or whatever and say yes um i'm gonna say yes purely because of the prize structure for this for this game so let's say you're around number 100 and you want to get up to the top 10 or to number one in your league uh, or or number one in your supporters league or whatever by the end of the season. So let's be very clear. The odds of this are extremely low. It seems very unlikely that you're going to be able to do this, I have to be honest. Um, to get into the top 10 for, for prizes, let's see, number 100 right now is at 1,829 points. Okay, 1,829 points. To get into the top 10, you would have to make up 90 points, or it's actually 80, or sorry, 90, yeah, 88 points. Sorry, my math is very bad. 88 points over the next however many weeks. So you could do it, but um, I'm not sure the traditional methods are going to get you there. You might have to get a little bit lucky. Um, so, yeah, I might go kind of outside the box with a captain pick. 
because captain pick is really how you're going to make up the most points. Um, you know, if you try and do a differential on every player or whatever, I mean, really squad, like squad variance is enough to move you up because everyone, even having a couple players different is enough to move you up or down quite a lot. But captain is where you can really do kind of a lot. The flip side is if you get it wrong, you're going to fall a lot because if you do a differential captain and it sucks, um, well, you just lost a lot to everyone else. I mean, the flip side is, again, like if you captain Lodero and only 70% of the other people do, you're still beating 30% of the people, which is enough to move up quite a bit. Um, I don't know. It's really tough for me. But if, if you're like, yeah, I want a prize, well, now you have to take a chance because you're already in a position where you are not winning anything. So if you really want to move up, yeah, you have to take a chance. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree with that because I was saying you know, before that Jivinko this year broke the game. Like the game is essentially broken right now the way it is because I don't think we've ever seen a player in any fantasy league for any – you know, hemisphere that the most expensive player is owned by 70% of all players. And the majority of those players are captaining him. So your number, the best player in the league is essentially a wash. And without that captain pick to really set yourself apart, it's, it's not going to work. You're not going to move up or down a great deal without taking a chance and going elsewhere. So you're, you're betting against Javinko essentially when you do something like that. Will it work every week? Probably not. I mean, the dude's the best player this league has ever had. And unless he gets hurt or unless, you know, by God, somebody figures out how to guard him, he's going to keep scoring. So you have to just take some insane chances and get really lucky. And I hope when next year rolls around, I mean, they're going to have to set him at like $17 million day one because he's going to score – twice what everybody else scores so if he's worth two people he needs to cost what two people cost so that you can offset that through normal gameplay and not through 70 percent ownership i have to captain somebody else on a on a dare kind of thing that was uh, going to be my follow-up question well i, I was going to say i can't believe i'm the only one who's staying on team simon with simon still in here i don't think you just take Chances. I think you make decisions based on who you think is going to score the most points. If Giovinco is going to score the most points, then you should pick Giovinco regardless. If that's what everyone else does, then look for other places to take your differentials. Maybe that's taking some hits for double game weeks to try to get more of the players to see if you can hit a double clean sheet or you know two good performances in a row. Uh, there, there are other ways to to take chances other than just abandoning the chalk picks just to abandon the chalk picks. If you think the chalk picks are wrong, then yeah, you definitely go that way for, to try to get a differential and get, uh, but usually the chalk picks are the chalk picks because they're the most likely to score the most points. And as fantasy managers, your goal is to set your team up in a way to be most likely to score the most points. So you should do that. Now, if there's a 50-50 and everyone's like last week captaining Giovinco and you say, well, I'm not sure, maybe I'll captain Ladero, and it seems like less people are doing that, then sure, if it's a tiebreaker, you can do it. But otherwise, go for the player that's going to score the most points. Well, that's, yeah. that's what, that's, but it's, it's not going to get you any movement in the ranks, though. I mean, <clears throat> that's the safe pick, and that's the right way to play it. 
if you just want to set a personal mark for overall high score. Um, but you're not going to move up moving with the pack. It's, I mean, really, he did break the game. 70% ownership is unheard of in a fantasy game. When you look at, like, you know, Aguero or uh, Ibrahimovic, what their ownership levels were day one, those are great players, but you can still pick one against the other and do okay. When 70% of people own the same player, even though you know he's going to score better than what, you know, 90% of their forwards in the league are going to score, you you have to bet against him. You're taking bad odds, but if you want to move up and take that chance, you have to then gamble. And that's the thing. Like, yeah, you can take the best player. If you pick chalk every week and it's correct, you're not going to move up because everybody else is doing the same. You have to bet against the house. And at this point in the game, in the final third, you have to bet that you got the winning hand on a week-to-week basis, even though you know he's the best player and he's going to score the most points. But betting against the house for, what, 10 more weeks is, I mean, you might win a week or two, but you're probably also going to lose big a week or two. So I don't think you're going to get that much momentum that way. Well, that's, that's what, that's, right. so that's the exact point. That's why I'm saying the game is broken because you can't, I mean, realistically, I'm in like place 400 right now. I can't move up even into the top 100. Like it's, it's, if you're in the top 100, you want to make top 10 right now, you're not going to get there picking Giovinco on the chalk every week, even if you're completely correct. Like the game is essentially with him healthy and him owned by 70% of the league, it's broke. Like there's the only way to do anything spectacular is going to just make huge bets and hopefully your lottery number gets drawn because it's it's not about skill anymore with 70% ownership. Now it's just about herd mentality to the hmm. nth degree. I'm not sure I agree with that. Now me and Guy are having a, a little bit of a disagreement. I mean – Again, just squad variants. You're playing 11 guys every week. Not everyone has the same 11 guys. And sure, Giovinco has 70% ownership, but like, here, I'm trying to find what his actual ownership is. Like 70.1. It's 70.1. So. 70.1. That's ridiculous. Look, that's still three out of every 10 players that don't have him. And what I'm going to do here is go to MLSFantasyViz.com. Dead teams. And, and see what exactly exactly how many of the active managers have him. So here we go. Twenty thousand. Take a look at this data. Um, twenty thousand out of twenty nine thousand or whatever is it is. This thing. Okay. So woo. Okay. So guy is guy is right. In the top one thousand, ninety nine point five percent own Giovinco, and in the top one hundred, one hundred percent own Giovinco. So yeah. he he broke the game. It's it's not like he's um, Dylan Remick, where remember that one year he was like 4.0 and everybody <laughs> had him. That's, but that's the thing is when the very best player in the game, I mean, unquestionably the, the best score, the best potential, the best talent, when he becomes owned by that many people, your chances for movement are only possible by betting big the other way. And you're going to lose the bet. Like like Mike said, 77 games out of 10, you're going to lose betting against him. But somebody wins the lottery every year. Maybe you pick Ladero one week and Kaká goes off just for two points more the next week. Either way, it's, it's, it's kind of a busted model. It's really kind of disappointing because you can't really make that much movement if you captain him every week. Okay, so here's my thing. Here's where I'm going to agree with Mike, though. 
So Giovinco is by far the best player in the game. So like, you probably don't want to ditch Giovinco because everybody else has him. Um, and so you're probably going to lose ground if you do. But what you can do is you can take one to two small chances per week. Okay, so instead you just look and you say, hmm, is this really the best thing? And so like Mike said, you're like, I'm going to do the thing that I think is going to get me the most points, right? Sometimes the thing that's going to get you the most points is going with the consensus because, like, no offense, but if you think that Giovinco isn't going to get you the most points, you're just wrong because he has 50 more points than everybody else. Um, but you can do things in your midfield, like, say, you know, if I've got five midfielders, you know, maybe, like, I could drop Piotti or something like that if you think he's not going to be great. Or you could drop Valeri when you see 92%, I think is what I just saw, of managers in the top 100 have Valeri. So if you're like, I don't like Valeri's positioning, I think he's not a great bet, you could do what Guy did and drop Valeri for, for somebody else that you think is going to get more points. And if you just do one or two things like that, uh, that's enough enough variation to move you up the ranks without without going crazy and then your captain is a whole nother level you could have the same 11 as every other every other manager and your captain is going to make a massive difference so i don't know I, I think that when people say you know everyone's doing all the same things it's just incorrect but do one now one we were focusing on captain picks here though so were we though Ooh, okay. we, we were supposed to we were supposed to but i think you guys make a good argument this this really does speak to the nature of when to go against the grain and when to not be a member of the peanut gallery and i think the real answer comes in as a balance between what everyone is presenting is is knowing when to make that decision of uh yes uh, toronto has an away game away games don't always turn out well seattle has a home game ladero's this awesome player coming in that's a reasonable pick so it's it's knowing when to make those chances i think is the overall thing now if I knew when it was to always make those chances, then um, I would have a book and much more money than I do now, but uh, or at least more prizes, more swag. So I don't know that. So that's the the ongoing question, uh, which is something we'll probably talk about again and maybe at least next season when it all starts from the beginning because this does seem like a very hot topic. But we don't want to get too far away. So who are you all picking for your captain for round 23? Four. I am going to assume that Ladero continues what he does. I think he's got the chance for the most points, so I'm going to go with Ladero and not Giovinco. I am also going to Captain Ladero again. I think it's a good move. Yeah, on Friday night, I will flip a coin. Heads, I go Ladero. Tails, I go Piotti. I think it's... It's a 50-50, but they're both going to score well, and I'm going to leave it to fate to see which one gets that extra two, three points. I look forward to hearing how that turns out for you. Yeah, I got a quarter set aside. You should you should just know you should record it and just like post it on Twitter how you pick. <laughs> I want to see it. I want to right. see it. Oh, good. All right, well, those are our picks and, and tips for round 24. I hope you guys find them helpful and that we were able to answer a lot of the questions that people had. Uh, we're going to wrap up everything tonight with our community time where we talk about the standings of the R slash fantasy MLS league and the top score for this round comes from Ken Fletcher of the team call of duty. Well done. Well done. Ken got 104 points. Uh, that was just six points off the top score. 
And uh, he did it with um, a lot of sporting Kansas City players on his team. So that's uh, not something I would have expected in that round. But he also had a nice, he had Kaká and Laren and Piatti. So I did not have Ladero and did better than everyone else in the league. So it does not always have to go with something like that. His captain was Kaká, so he got 30. And he just did an overall well job. Good job. Good job. That is good job. Good job. And of course, now one of our favorite parts of the show is the r slash fantasy MLS. No, we just did that. The uh, MLS fantasy insider head to head league. Uh, This week I took on older goaler. And even though I got 74 points and thought that was pretty good and saw all green arrows, I did not see one when it came to our league. And I was beaten by older goaler 88 to 74. Well done, my friend. Well done. Uh, Guy, you had a big match against Andrew this last round. How'd that go? Uh, went well for me. I uh, ended up beating Andrew 92 to 90. So all of his powers of mathematics and analysis fell to the um, Guy Sanchez rage cell. So <laughs> it worked out well for me. I feel bad. I mean, to get 90 and still lose when the rest of the field didn't do that great. Sorry about that, Andrew. And Simon, you had the next round. I mean, all I'm saying is I would have beaten both of you because I had 94, and you know, it was Seattle against against Real Salt Lake because I was playing against Jason, and just like just like the real Seattle versus Real Salt Lake game, Seattle won. Ha. Homer versus Homer. Well, there you go. Well, our next match was Fantasy Football 24-7 versus Ben Bear from MLS. And the unstoppable force that is Fantasy Football 24-7 continues its its just domination. 81-77 to took on Ben Bear. Maybe with Fantasy Premier League starting, they'll slip up a little bit. I don't know. Probably not. They still have Mr. Guy Sanchez up in the mouth. Mike, you beat the taco. I did. I had the second worst score of everyone in our league, and I got a victory. Thank you, Taka. There you go. There you go. And then finally, Travis took on Ivan from Fantasy Football first, and Ivan did not win. He lost by 10 points. Travis, who got 81 points and a nice little win. Sorry he can't be with us here tonight. He's doing some stuff with work, but good job, buddy. Next round, we're going to see put this big, big uh, top scorer to the test. And Simon is taking on fantasy football 24 7. Should be a good match. I hope to see some trash talk on Twitter and that everyone participates in that. Andrew is taking on Jason, which I look forward to also seeing some trash talk with that one. Older Goler is taking on Guy Sanchez. I am taking on Ivan from fantasy football for, first. My buddy Steve, our taco, is taking on Travis. Congrats, man, on your win. And then Ben Bear is going up against our very own Mike Dat Tiger. I have to say, I, I've been loving head-to-head this season and at r slash fantasy MLS. We even started five head-to-head leagues within uh, Fantasy Premier League, and we're hoping to have a similar system next season for MLS. Mike's been involved with it. Um, Simon, and I think, Guy, you're, you're in one of the leagues, right? I think I missed it. Did you miss it? We were trying to – we have 10 people. We have five leagues of, of 10 people – um, it took off a lot faster than I thought it would, and so I apologize for some of the poor planning if you are participating in this. I really did not expect to have this kind of reaction to it. 
but we're even thinking uh, Mike has been suggesting maybe we try to do some promotion and relegation within these head-to-head leagues. Uh, I did try to divide them up based on scores in, in the past. So it sounds like a lot of fun. I, I've been having a blast. I really hope that uh, once we get the pricing fixed, like I talks about, that there's a lot more focus on this head-to-head element of the game because this is where I think there's some potential growth. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Do you guys have any other leagues you want to highlight before we wrap it up? I just would like to say I just started the trash talk with Fantasy Footy 24-7. There it is. It's live. It's, it's, it's Well, <laughs> as soon as this tweet sends, my service in here is really bad. But then, <laughs> then, then it's going. It's It's... Very, it's sending. Well, good. Yeah, that's I talking. I, I hope you guys like our trash talk too, guy. Yeah, no, I always forget to mention at the end. Um, I do write a weekly article for Fantasy Twenty Four Seven. So if you guys want to go over there, Fantasy Football Twenty Four Seven dot co uk. Um, there for a couple of years now, so that's where I'm at now. You can see my my ramblings in written form. I'm a better writer than I'm a speaker, so. Uh, supporting Kansas City Reddit user, you may enjoy my writing more than my speaking. That though I am continuing to try to get Guy to have some little mini podcast, maybe a video cast on MLS Fantasy Boss, but it it's just not have, it hasn't happened yet. But if you want to see more Guy Sanchez, let him know, and maybe we'll collaborate. collaborate. I to, I've been. Let me just say though, this has been a supremely busy summer for me. Uh, yeah, it's just been crazy. And now I have my first kid going into high school, and I have one in junior high and one in elementary. It's just been stuff all over the place. So when school starts up again, and I got some time to myself when I get home from work, we'll start doing some more projects. Here we go. Either that or you can look forward to the MLS Fantasy boss, Mr. Guy Sanchez, retirement hour uh, in a few more years. Yeah, there you go. And what about you, Mike? Uh, I write a weekly column for Hudson River Blue. Uh, I usually post it on Reddit or on, on Twitter if you follow me there. Uh, as always, MLS Injury News, let me uh, know. <clears throat> if you all see anyone uh, who, who leaves early, um, looks like an injury, let me know because I can't watch all the games. Um, I, I don't know how many games I'll be watching this weekend because I'm, I'm hoping to get up to Baton Rouge or Lafayette and try to help some of the poor people uh, up there. So um, if you have a chance to donate to, to those people, uh, Louisiana's my home and hurts to see a lot of my friends uh, going through on the flooding there. So kind of keep a lookout to see if y'all can help out. But um, yeah, so if y'all can help out with the injury news this weekend, would would, would be great. <laughs> That's right. Thoughts and prayers and actions go out through Louisiana. All right. Well, that is all that we have for this show. Uh, be sure to check out everything coming up at MLSFantasyBoss.com with the articles that are posted every week and the picks and the charts. All kinds of good stuff there as well as live chat. r slash fantasy MLS, the subreddit community is a fantastic resource for any question that you have and just touching base with other fantasy players who are part of that 20,000 group who is still active. Probably a smaller group than that is still active, but hardcore guys that are always willing to share, and it's a lot of fun. So please check those places out, and I hope you enjoyed the show, and good luck.